Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers. Now. Landry Shamit out to Biambo. Doesn't want to shoot it. In the corner of Kogi. Three. Shazam! Geyser Kogi knocks down a trio. And it's a one-point L.A. Clipper lead. 123-109. Suns win, and the series is tied up one game apiece. Game three in L.A. tomorrow. Game four in L.A. on Saturday. Booker was brilliant. Durant was good. Chris Paul was fourth quarter clutch like he usually is. DeAndre Ayton kept the team afloat in the second quarter so that thing didn't get too out of hand. And the Suns used a historic shooting night from the mid-range to even up this series and get everyone to calm down a little bit about the state of the basketball team. The bench... They didn't lose it. It was better. It was better. It, 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 listen, and, I, and I'll say this till the cows come home. This Phoenix Suns bench is not good. They're not going to win games because of their bench. Maybe one here. But they, they, overall, what you're hoping is that they don't lose the game for you. You're hoping that those guys just don't lose the game for you. And I'm going to give you an example. So in game one, the bench players were a combined minus 53. It's the truth. Game one. Minus 53. In game two, they were even. I'll take it. I'll take it. Play to a draw. That's great. Don't lose the game for the Suns. They're not going to win games for the Suns. Maybe one, right? I'm going to give myself a little wiggle. Maybe one day one guy will go off. But overall, the Stars are going to win games for the Suns. They're going to win series for the Suns. The bench has to not screw it up. They have to not screw it up. Don't mess it up when you come into the game and starters are resting and let the other team go on a 10-2 run. So minus 53 in game one to even. They were even. I'll take that. I'll take it. I'm not. They got outscored. Mm-hmm. They got outscored. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the most part, when because some of those guys are on the court with starters, for the most part, they were they were they were their plus minus for every player. If you add it up, they were even. That's good. That's good. I'll take that. Yeah, it was it was better. And I think I, something else that happened too last night yeah. was that nobody was really great from the Clippers bench either. Nobody really stood out last night. I mean, like Norman Powell was okay in moments. Terrence Mann had a decent start, but he didn't really do all that much. Nobody off the bench hurt that really hurt you. Nobody really helped them. Nobody really like, oh my god, that guy was a killer. That you know, we keep waiting for that game to happen from the Clippers, and it didn't happen. The Suns bench. I, I think you're absolutely right. Right, in that the Suns bench, as long as it was a liability in game one, it was so noticeably glaringly bad. Yes. You had to get them off the court, right? Yes. Like you, you had. Now, I think something else happened last night, too. Okay, what? And I'm sure you noticed this. It was a lot. Well, there was no point where it was Booker in the bench last night. There was no point last night, I don't think, where Devin Booker was on the floor without at least. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, or Kevin Durant out there with them. I don't think there was started the second quarter. It was D.A., Book, Paul, Landry, and T.J. There was never a moment where Book was out there by himself with them. Never. Started the fourth quarter. It was a Koji, Paul, Book, K.D., Biz. See? There you are. It was, was, Mm -hmm. and that was one thing I really noticed last night. All right? The bench was so bad. That Monty, especially at the beginning of the the end of the first and the third quarter, the start of the second and the fourth quarter, he always made sure he had at least two of them out there. And it really felt like he always made sure he had Booker KD out there almost 
and all, all, it's like the whole game, they were out there together. Well, he was going to take him out, then he realized that he couldn't. Very rarely, like, like, like they took KD out with like ten and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter for a minute rest, a minute or two rest here or there. It was a very short and rest. KD was pissed. I saw him walking off the floor. He was mad. He he barked something at Monty, and it was you know in the heat of the competition stuff, no big deal. But but he he wanted to be out there. They wanted to be out there, and I think Monty last night really understood. Okay, I I can't. I just can't do the bench thing. You know, I can't go away from my starters that often. Now, is that going to be a strategy that comes back to bite them? The starters played crazy minutes last night. Booker and KD played crazy minutes. Can you do that every single night in a series that's compressed like this one? I don't know. Yes. You know, I mean, you're going to have to if you want to win. You know what's so noticeable about these games? at some point, I worry about those guys running out of gas a little bit, you know? Yeah, I I get it. And... The amount of rest they get in between in the game is incredible. Like, it's, there are so many fouls, free throws, TV timeouts, regular timeouts. Like, I think they get a lot more time to rest now than than in the past throughout the course of a basketball game. KD came back into the game in the fourth quarter when Kawhi came back in at nine forty. So, it, so he went out. You're right. He started the fourth quarter. And then he immediately Landry came in for KD. Yep. Landry came just it was, give him a blow. Just give it was him a blow. one basket. Landry came yep. in for KD. And then he came back in at 940. I mean, he was out for what, about a minute and a half. Mm-hmm. He was out and then he came right back in. So yeah. you're right. No, not long at all. And and that's where I think Monty made his adjustment. Now, the adjustment Monty didn't make, he started Tory Craig last night. And it worked. Tory Craig was great. But I tell you what else was good too. Yeah. And it was really good. Mm-hmm. Josh Akogi in the fourth quarter with the starters was really good. Did you notice how well he, Josh Akogi played when he, he was out there with the four starters? He made one play. I can't, I can't remember it right now. But, oh, um, it was, he made one really good play defensively that kind of stood out to me. And I'm going to find it in my notes. But, yeah, he played well. When he came into the game, when he came into the game, 549, Tory for Akoji. That's when he went out. But up until that time, he had made some good plays. It was a hustle plays. He was he was hustling. He was defending. You know, he hit two free throws. He got uh, um, he got those. So it wasn't like he was scoring a whole lot of points because the bench got outscored again pretty dramatically. Mm-hmm. But he gave a lot of effort. And that's what you want out of him. Yeah, you, you do. And and that's look. I, I'm not. Monty's going to do what Monty's going to do. And if he wants to start Torrey Craig, it worked last night. And, you know, for those of us who were calling for Josh Okogie to start, Monty stuck with his plan. It was vindicated. It paid off. It worked out very well. Torrey Craig Craig had had a a really good game last night. So there's no second guessing on that front. If that's what what Monty wants to do. I'm just saying for that five-minute stretch in the fourth quarter when Okogie was out there with the starters, you can see why Josh Okogie blends so well with those guys, right? Like, it just brings out... The very best version of Josh Okogi because he does all the stuff that you need a glue guy out there to do when he's starting with those four guys out there. I thought he did them really well. What were you going to ask? TJ Warren, two minutes. Damian Lee, three minutes. Yeah. Landale did not play at all. Um, it was basically an eight-man rotation last night. Lee came in for two minutes. TJ Warren came in for two, two minutes. minutes. If you look at the, the way the minutes were divvied up, it was basically eight guys played last night. It was it was Bismack. It was a Kogi. And it was Shamit. And those were the main guys off the bench who got the main amount of minutes. Everybody was in there for a cup of coffee. And that's it. And and does that mean Monty's settled? That mean not settled in the like he's like he's decided. Does that mean that he's chosen? Okay, these these are my ride or die guys. 
These are who I'm going to bat with. I'm going to go with these three guys, and now I'm going to shorten my rotation, and this is who it's going to be. That's what you do. You won the Hunger Games. You three. Landry Shamit. Bismack Biombo, you get to and live Josh another Jacoby. day. You're you're the you're Katniss Everdeen. You won the Hunger Games. You get to be out there for 15 minutes every game. I wonder. I wonder if he shortened it to the point where those are the guys who are going to be there. I, I don't thought know. it was interesting. TJ came in. We got a quick foul right away. Got a foul second quarter, and then about a minute later he's out. I don't know what the purpose was, but um, look, I don't think he trusts the guys on his bench, and I think that you know there's a part of him that wants to go offense, but his heart tells him defense. You know, part of him says, but he didn't need the offense yesterday. So the way he used the bench, listen, the bench has been outscored in this series 64 to 23. It's overwhelming how much they've been outscored. 30 to 13 in one game, 34 to 10 in another. The key is when the bench players are playing with the starters, you got to make sure that, that these teams don't go on runs. And that was the difference to me last night. Then the bench guys came in. It wasn't like the Clippers had these big runs like they did in the first game. They are the hottest tickets in town. Their son's playoff tickets and you can grab yourself a pair maybe by qualifying to do that text the word ticket to 62620 register listen for your name monday and tuesday during the 7 a.m 12 noon and five o'clock hours for your chance to qualify for game five tickets to see the suns and the clippers again text the word ticket to 62620 the suns won and that's great the numbers uh, they tell a story that said the clippers could have won we'll talk about that next on the burns and gambo show Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers now. Well, our confidence is great. Our confidence is great. Like I said, we come and play in a hostile environment. Um, we won one, lost one. And like I said, um, we was in the game all the way to like the last six minutes of the game. So, I mean, we're very confident. Some things we can clean up and do better. And um, we'll be ready to go. They should be. They should be confident. Not saying yeah, they're going to they, win. They but did what they needed to do. They split in Phoenix. They have, if they win the three games in L.A., they win the series. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's what you want. You want to give yourself an opportunity to win your home games, and you win the series. They did that. They split. We spent a lot of time in the 2 o'clock hour talking about the mid-range mafia. I think it was K-Ray who gave him that nickname. I'm not sure. But I, I, we love the nickname, right? Because they are. They're mid-range assassins when you're talking about Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. We get all that. But you can clearly see what the Clippers are doing. Like, the Clippers are basically saying, we're going to get more offensive rebounds than you are. We're going to get more free throws than you are. We're going to attempt more three-pointers than you are. Second chance points. And we're going to bet. That at the end of the day, that added up is going to be better than you hit a bunch of mid-range shots. And let's just roll the dice and see where this goes. Let's let's take our chances. Yeah, you know, we've got that. We've got that basic tenet of NBA basketball on our side. We're getting shots at the rim. We're getting offensive boards. We're getting fouled. We're getting free points at the free throw line. We're attempting more three-pointers, so we'll probably make more three-pointers than you. You go ahead and shoot your mid-range jump shots all you want. Let's see if you can go 21 to 29 every game. All right, so let's let's go over some of these. So the Clippers had 12 offensive rebounds. The Suns had seven. Big advantage for the Clippers. Five more offensive rebounds. Yep. Clippers had 21 second-chance points. Nine more than they had in game one. The Suns had 15. So 21 second chance points to 15. The Clippers outscored the Suns from the free throw line, 28 to 13. Big advantage there by 15 free throws, 28-13. And uh, and the Suns, after scoring 50 points in in game one in the paint, scored 38 in game two. So they held them in the paint. They knocked that number down by 12. 
I thought, and I know you mentioned the three-pointers. Let me th- I want to get your opinion on this. The Suns did shoot a few more three-pointers, they right? Did. Yeah, yeah. Not did. a lot, 24. They made 10. But they shot it at a high percentage. 41.7% of, of their shots went in. So um, 10 out of 24. The Clippers were 11 out of 30. They had a lesser percentage. So the Clippers, I mean, I thought it was almost like a draw. Like, I thought it was pretty, you know, the Clippers were 11 for 30. The Suns were 10 of 24. The Suns took six less to just have one less three-pointer. I thought they battled them pretty evenly there. In the context of last night's game, it was a draw. I will give you that. I'm looking at the number 24. I'm not even really looking at the made percentage or Look how many. Shots. I'm looking at the shots. And, and I just I, I looked this up real quick because I had a suspicion this would be the case. The team that was dead last during the NBA's regular season and three-pointers attempted per game was the Chicago Bulls. They averaged about 29 threes per game. They also led the league in mid-range shots. So the they, they, DeMar DeRozan, right? They led the NBA in mid-range shots. The Suns at 24 is still five three-pointers less than the least shooting three-point team in all of the NBA. It's still a really low number. And so the Clippers, yeah, percentage-wise, it all worked out. Uh, made three-pointers. It basically all worked out. It was pretty much to a draw. But over the course of a series... The Clippers are gonna are probably betting on if we take more threes than you, we're gonna make more threes than you, and if we make more threes than you, you're gonna have to make up those points somehow. You know, it's like how many mm-hmm. how, how many two point shots are you gonna have to make to make up for the fact that we're getting more points from the three point line? So, do you think line? they should take more threes? The Suns? Because I, I don't. I think they. Sh- I think they should. I do think they should not force them. Not not when they're out of the flow of their offense. But I, I'll give you a prime example. I counted at least four times last night. Chris Paul passed up open threes. Four times. You got to take them. You got to take them. Did he only shoot one last night? Let me look at the box score real quick. I thought he only shot one. I'm telling you, the number of times. I I think, I know you're right. 0 for 1. He's 0 for 1. He was 0 for 1. 0 for 1. He wouldn't take them. He wouldn't take them. But he, but because he and was able to get to the elbow. He was, he was able, able to get to, get to the there. mid-range. But, uh, but again, it's, so, well, it's, okay, it's so a percentage just, thing. It's an odds thing. It's a math thing. I mean, it's just a, it's just a, hey, Chris, you're open. And this was one of my concerns. And I don't want to make a big deal out of it because the Suns won and it feels good and, and they're tied 1-1. But that's, that's where Chris has got to be comfortable with pulling the trigger on that. And I counted at least three or four times where he wasn't comfortable if with he's it. he's 35% from three, but 70% from the mid-range. He was 70% from the mid-range last night, 7 out but of 10. is that sustainable? I don't think that's, I don't think what they did last night is sustain like that it, is and like that's the key. That might right? it, it might not be, but that might be the best mid-range game uh, that they can play in a playoff in, in in four rounds. It might be the best that they could play. If they do better than that, I'll be I mean, that was incredible what they did last night. Is Chris Paul going to shoot 7 out of 10 from the mid-range? And uh, Kevin Durant, 7 out of 10. Booker, 3 for 5. DeAndre, 4 for 4. It's unlikely. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's unlikely. But Chris felt good about his shot last night. So he would rather pass up the three and then try to get to that spot that he was he was hitting the shot. And I get, you know, Chris is going to do the things that make him comfortable and shoot that elbow jumper. That's his sweet spot. We all know it. It's like a layup for him. But in those games where it's not fallen for him, 
um, and he's passing up threes. We t- look like the whole last month of the season. We talked about okay, Chris, new role, spot up three point shooter, catch and shoot three point shot. You embrace it. Yep, I'm gonna embrace it. Not I'm gonna do is. it. It's, Not it's, a catch and shoot guy, and it's and it's revealing itself a little bit. It really revealed itself last night. Again, I don't want to take away from Chris. He had a really good game last night. He 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 bailed the Suns out. The last three minutes of that game, four mm-hmm. minutes of that game, when the Clippers cut it to six and he got the two-man game rolling with with DeAndre Ayton, I'm just saying that the Clippers, I think, are very content, very content to say to the Suns, all right, cool, 21 to 29 from the mid-range. Are you going to do that again? Yeah. And are you going to do that again? And are you going to do that? Because our style has more of a baked-in sustainability to it than your style does. True. Our style is about lots of threes. Get to the rim, get to the free throw offensive line, rebounds. offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. second chance points, all that stuff. Let's let's see whose style wins out here. And, and look, of course, I hope the Suns' style wins out. And you, like we joked about in the beginning of the show, hey, you're a mid range jump shooting team. Fly your freak flag. If that's who you are, be it. Lean into it. Don't don't run from it. Lean into it. But the Clippers, I think, are betting that their style is going to be better and win the well, series. If this and- is a long series, I mean, the Suns don't have to, you know, the Suns can afford to lose two more games, you know, and if they win three playing the style they play, then they win the series. I mean, it's just about your style's got to be better than their style three times out of the next five games. Yeah. And I'd feel better about it, too. If Durant, I mean, he got a wide open look from distance in the fourth quarter and missed it. He was mad at himself, too. I was watching him the whole time. He was so frustrated with himself for missing that shot. I mean, Devin Booker, it was Devin Booker and Torrey Craig who combined went nine for 15 from three. Everybody else was, what, one of 11 from distance? Last night. Now it doesn't matter where it comes from or who gets it, but the, the the Clippers are. I guarantee you, the Clippers will have at least thirty three point attempts in Game Three. I guarantee you, the Clippers will have at yeah. least thirty three point attempts in every game this series. The Suns keep needing to try more. I I believe that. I know you disagree with that. I really believe. I that. do think one of the things I've thought about. T- Terrence Ross has not taken a three pointer. He's played eight minutes total. He hasn't taken a three pointer. You're gonna get to the so you're gonna get to a point where like he's gonna be so rusty from not having taken one in a game. I don't know that you can rely on him. You know, by the next by the time the next game it's Thursday. It's the that's gonna be the 18th. The last time he played in a game was the ninth. I mean, it's been nine days since he shot a three pointer in a basketball game. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, and if win- you want him to shoot, like you know, you need to get him in a rhythm a little bit. But at this point, is he even gonna play? Yeah, you know, he's not. He's not playing. Has he, he lost? Has he lost the Hunger Games competition to see who gets those bench I minutes? I swear, I think they made a promise to him that you're going to play 20 minutes. You're going to average 20 minutes a game in the regular season. No promises on the playoffs, and that's why he played so much. I was thinking about that last night. Wondering. But that's about what you that. have to do. You have to make promises that, yeah. to guys. Register to win tickets to go see Foo Fighters on October 3rd at Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for event details and for your chance to win. Kawhi Leonard once again played like Kawhi Leonard. Why was last night different for the Clippers then? Because he played so well. We'll talk about it coming up. Burns and Gambo. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers now. Mad Bum's not great start. 
It's like saying in the middle of August, you know, it's not really cool outside here in Arizona. Yeah, no, it's really, it's really not very cool outside in Arizona. Um, here we go. This is our, is this our soothing mad bum music? This is our calm down music. This is the theme for the Bob Ross show. <laughs> yes, it is. Everybody just one of the greatest television shows of all time. Whoa, easy big fella. No, I it's like a great it, show. I don't know, great best show of all time. Come on. Tell me you turn it off and when you when you you mistakenly find it on the TV. I don't mistakenly find it on the TV anymore. I used to. When I did, I would watch it just to see where the happy little tree goes. Right. But this just is to very, hear the voice. Very calming music. It is. Um John Morant is out tonight for the Memphis Grizzlies. Just announced moments ago he Man, will not play. The Lakers are gonna win. Yes, huh? they are. Yes, they are. How many Hello. days off now has Hello. LeBron had in the Hello, last week? Lakers. Yeah, they, well, it's played game, once in the last week. Game two. They won't play game three until what? Saturday? Did night? they play Wednesday night? Did they clinch the play in last Wednesday? They clinched the play in last Tuesday. 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 So they played once in the last eight days. Yes. Jeez. Yes. Yes. Once in eight days. Once in eight days. When, Le- LeBron's just sitting how around. How can we figure out a way to get LeBron at 38 a lot of rest? <laughs> I got it. Ain't that something, DeAndre? We'll make sure that the Suns ain't, have already played twice. Ain't that the Suns, something. The Suns, who didn't have to play in the play-in game, have actually played in more games than the Lakers have. Yeah. <laughs> Since that time. Yeah. Since the play-in game. Yes, you're right. Yeah. The Lakers, counting the play-in game, have played two games the Suns, who didn't play in the playing game, have played two games. Yeah, it's it's not. Awesome. Uh, there you go, DeAndre with the math. Yeah, mm. DeAndre with the math. Um, I'll tell you what else was something. Um, Devin Booker, and we're going to talk about Kawhi Leonard, but it's just I got to I got to bring up Devin Booker about this because on a court where he's sharing it with Kawhi Leonard and and Kevin Durant, Devin Booker was best player on the floor last night. You know, and, and he, it, was. he really was. He was the best player, and it's it's. It's cool because we all, you know, like, I, not that we forgot about Devin Booker. We never forget about Devin Booker, but there was so much extra emphasis on Durant and making sure he got his and making sure he got his shots and he was doing his thing that we kind of forgot about Devin Booker. Now, nobody forgot about Kawhi Leonard. He was terrific again last night. Westbrook, despite the West Brick chance. Oh, last that was night, great. Was that not great? From the footprint center faithful. Yes, that yeah. was great. That was, I'm like, I turned to Kevin Zimmerman. I'm like, what are they chanting? What is that? I'm like, I don't know. What is it? It's good. Oh, it's West Brick. Didn't get any help. The Clippers offered no help to Kawhi or Russ last night. And I think actually that had a big factor in why the Suns won the game last night because that, that bench is so deep you were yeah. waiting for one of them, any of them to step up and have a game to compliment Kawhi and Russ. It just never really happened last no, night. No, I mean Kawhi, 31 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, great game. 11 to 20 from the field, pretty efficient. Similar to game in game one, um, but they couldn't get stops defensively. And, and if you take him and Russ out, the rest of the team, 15 out of 44. 15 out of 44. The Clippers actually had 16 more shots than the Suns. 16 more shots and lost the basketball game. Um, 16 more shots at the rim than the Suns okay, had. Well, like, at, wait, the rim, huh? at the rim. Oh, okay, at 16 the rim. 16 more shots at so, the rim. The you Suns know, actually had five more shots than, right. okay, yeah, you threw me out. The, yeah, had to, had to throw it at the rim. Um, Kawhi got his little rest. By the time he came back in the fourth quarter, they were down 11. They couldn't, they, they didn't play well the time he rested. 
and they didn't play well when he was on the court with them. Like, they, they didn't get anything. You expect in, can you get anything out of Highland? Can you get anything out of Man? Can Eric Gordon give you anything? Boy, Eric Gordon is such a bad defensive player. <laughs> My God, I've never seen I'm, I know. I know he is, isn't he? I mean, he is slow. Team worst minus 17 when he was on the floor last Man, night. Man, is that like, worst. the Suns target him. They, they, they hunt that. They hunt that matchup. I mean, give me oh. Eric Gordon because that is a matchup you're going to win every single time. The Clippers have to help defense when it get, when they see it. They're like, okay, we're going to have to top it, and then your sons can move the ball around, find the open guy. But it all starts with hunting Eric Gordon because, look, I mean, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit of a roly poly type of guy. Doesn't move very well, side to side, laterally. Like he just doesn't move well. So like getting a, by him is pretty easy. Pole. He's a roly poly guy. Like you just look at his body. You know, he's he's husky. Is that what so you would it's say? A little roly poly. If yeah. If you're being polite, you know, the the polite way to call somebody fat is, is you call him husky. You say he's a little roly poly. Is that what yeah. you would say? I mean, it's just he's. I'm not disagreeing. He's a terrible with you. defensive he's player. He's a liability. He really is. You know, he's a liability. Remember, the, all of, there was all the talk that the Sun should get Eric Gordon. The Sun should get Eric Gordon. They were never interested. They were never interested. No, I, you know, and, and that's the that's the other thing about last night's game that kind of is if we hit zoom out and look at this big picture for the Phoenix Suns, it kind of reinforces what we had hoped was going to happen in this series was that the Suns just have better stars. They have bigger stars. Yes. They have more stars. Yes, you've got depth. And about halfway through that second quarter, when Kawhi is sitting over on the bench having a Mai Tai watching the Clippers go up by 13, while he's just sitting and watching and resting, you're thinking, oh my God, this depth is killing the Suns. But it didn't. And, and in the final analysis of the game, the Suns' stars were brighter and were more than the Clippers. The Clippers didn't have don't have enough of them because what you're counting on is at some point during this series, you need Nicholas Batum to have a great game. You need Zubats to have a good game. You need Eric Gordon or Terrence Mann or Norman Powell or Bones Highland to have a good game. And if you're Ty Lue, you're counting on, man, I've got so many different guys who aren't Kawhi and Russell Westbrook who could have a good game. It's bound to happen eventually, right? At some point, one of those guys is going to have a big game. Didn't happen last night. Yeah. And, and because of that, on a night where the Suns have KD and Book and CP3 and DeAndre Ayton, they just have more stars than the Clippers do. And that depth didn't help the let's, Clippers at all. Let's last touch night. on something for a second sure. here. Because I don't want to overlook this either. DeAndre Ayton outplayed Zubac by a lot. Yeah, he did. By a lot. Zubac didn't give them anything. I mean, he outplayed them. I mean, even though he picked up those two quick fouls, in about eight seconds, he picked up foul number three and number four and had to go to the bench. Seven to 10 from the field, 14 points, 13 rebounds, three offensive rebounds, plus 15. Zubach, two of seven from the field, 29 minutes, 8.6 rebounds. He had a good game one, Zubach. He had 12 points and 15 rebounds in game one, but big advantage for the Suns tonight because in game two, Zubach did not give them very much. DeAndre Ayton was the leading rebounder on both teams. He had 13 last night. It's, it's exactly what needed to happen. And look, I, I know DeAndre Ayton, I mean, by as far as minutes goes among the starters, he, he actually, I, boy, this, I'm just looking at the box score right now. I'm surprised to see DeAndre Ayton actually. Actually, had the fewest minutes of any starter. He actually played. He less was in than, foul trouble. He played less than Tory Craig. He last picked night. up the third and fourth foul. He had an eight second span where he picked up two fouls. Bang bang, 
Two fouls real quick. And even Durant was saying, dude, let it on the baseline foul. Let him go. Just let him go. Yeah. You know, but he picked up that fourth foul and you had to get him out. So he was out of the game for a while and he still outplayed Zubach by a lot. But the minutes he played, I thought he was exactly what he needed to be. He was steady. He was consistent. He was hitting his shots. He was meshing well with Chris Paul during the two-man game. It was, And he wasn't letting Zubach beat him badly. He wasn't getting beat badly to, to rebounds, to defensive rebounds. He kind of reestablished, I think, himself a little bit in the role that he plays. And that's really, really good. Now, with this series shifting back to L.A., and I remember saying this a lot last year, role players are going to play better at home. The Clippers are filled with role players. They, they, yeah. They've got a lot of them. They'll play better at home. You'll get a better game from an Eric Gordon or a Bones Highland or a Zubats or a Nicholas Batum. They'll they'll play better in L.A. You got to count on that. You got to be ready for that. I think if you're the Suns, to know that you know just banking on Kawhi's going to be great, maybe Westbrook's going to be good, and everyone else will be trash. I don't know if you're going to get a game like that in L.A. over these next two. I think you almost have to count on one of their bench guys being pretty but good. But if Durant, Booker, and Paul played to that capability, the Suns will still win. Yes. No matter what the bench players do. if you're Because they're playing 40 minutes a game. If your best players are playing 40 minutes a game and they play great, it doesn't matter what this Clippers bench does. Look, the Clippers bench has outscored the Suns bench by like 40 points in this in this series so far. They're killing them. Outscoring them. Uh, you can afford, you can win games if you're the Suns and their bench outscores your bench by 20 points because you you've got four guys on offense that are that were almost unstoppable scoring last night and they don't on their starting five you've got four guys in your and if you throw in Tory Craig as a starter all five of your starters were scoring at will yesterday the Clippers don't have that yeah they don't have it Texas your thoughts on the FanDuel text line at 620 620 right now and while the Suns beat the Clippers last night were clearly overshadowing what was the biggest victory of them all last night Chris Paul finally beat Scott Foster. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. (laughs) Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Burns and Gambo talk Suns Clippers now. Chris Paul after the game. You got off the schneid, Chris. Are you still thinking about that? Uh, finally being able to win a game that Scott Foster's reference? I didn't notice. <laughs> now, I think, I think we, we all about in this run, you know what I mean, minimizing distractions. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> that is what it is. I'm sure it's still going to be a thing. League know what it is, so can't control it. You ain't been able to control all the other ones, so it ain't going to change now. You know what I mean? So the, the game is the game. <laughs> I hadn't noticed. <laughs> yeah, of course he has it. I swear, I'm not, I'm not strong enough. I could never deliver a line like that with a straight face. I would, I would hadn't noticed. I would laugh. Like, it'd be like, okay, straight face, straight face, don't laugh, don't laugh. Don't like, you ever see those outtakes of, like, um, The Office or, or other great shows where, like, Steve Carell, I know you didn't watch The Office, it was a really funny show, you should, but Steve Carell is, like, totally improvising his lines, right? And everybody else on the cast is just laughing so hard, and they ruin the take. They ruin it, because they're, they're not supposed to laugh. It's not, you gotta keep a straight face. How Chris Paul kept a straight face when he said, uh, I had notice. Did we win? Did I did I beat Scott Foster? I, I had no. It, I couldn't do it. There's no way. Couldn't do it. The thing to me isn't that he beat Scott Scott Foster. Scott Foster. Scott Foster. Scott Foster. Scott Foster. Bananas Foster. 
Jody Foster, Foster Terry Care. Foster, Foster, the pitcher of the Dodgers. Foster Care. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. George Foster. <laughs> See, that's the Did one. Did we get George? No, you didn't. That's the for me. If we're going to play dueling gambos, and we're going to Reds to the we're going to go off of Scott Foster. You're gonna always going to start. The big red machine is not involved. It's a failed dueling gambos. It's a I completely think fa- You always go to the big red machine anytime you do dueling gambos. George it's, Foster. It's, just, it's like a sure bet, man. You always go to that. I believe. I believe George Foster is the only player to hit 50 home runs in a decade of the 70s in a season. I'll take random facts for 200, Alex. Look that Thanks, up. Vinny. <laughs> no, no, Seriously. it's not Vinny. That's me. Seriously. George Foster is the only player in the decade of the 70s to hit 50 home runs I believe, I in believe a season. You're correct. Uh-huh. But I, I really need you to call him George Foster. George Foster! Thank you. Otherwise, I don't know who you're talking about. Anyway, the point you were making about Scott Foster. The point I was Foster. making is like, like, forget about Scott Foster for a second. Chris Paul played well. He didn't <laughs> play well in game one. Like, he played well. Like, I know everybody wants to talk about the referee, and, the, and I get it. Like, I get it right because it's a crazy coincidence he played good Chris Paul played good he did he played really hard in game one he didn't play well with shooting but he played hard Mm -hmm. his heart was in it 11 rebounds he had the most rebounds and he just didn't shoot well he was two for eight he missed six of his eight shots he had two chances to help the Suns at the end of the game and he he bricked two mid-range jump shots so in the end it wasn't a good game but he played hard he played his ass off yesterday he played really hard but he was good like he was good in the game you know now there's some concern I'm looking at Jeremy Schnell over there a videographer. Hi, Jeremy. And his he had a video after the, the game. He had a video after the game. Did you see it? Yeah, of the hand. He's, and, uh, and he's messing, playing, with, the messing with the hand. Yeah, he's messing, he's with, messing the hand. with the hand. Good yep. job by Jeremy. You know, out there at the, the post-game good show. Job, Jeremy. That was a good job. So he's Jeremy got the, Schnell. Look for him on Twitter. You'll find him. All the videos that he shoots for KTAR and Arizona Sports. Make sure yeah. you follow Jeremy so, Schnell on Twitter. It's it's a little bit of a concern. We've got to ask that. We've got to ask, is it a concern that he was kind of messing with the hand a little bit? That that he jammed that hand? And well, we're worried about well, it. Well, I'm glad you... Chris Haynes uh, from Yahoo Sports TNT tweeted out last night that Chris Paul got an x-ray on his right hand following the Game 2 win. Results came back clean. Uh, Chris Paul after the game to Al McCoy and Tim on the state of his hand. Yeah, I'd, I'd have had four hand surgeries from <laughs> all the steals and stuff, but that's just my natural instinct. So Monty after the game on the hand. He seems... I, I don't have anything to report. He seems like he's okay. Okay, so between the x-rays and him saying he's okay, but but this is, okay, this is not mm-hmm. our first rodeo when it comes to Chris. Yeah. And Chris made that reference when he was talking to Alan Tim, and he's not wrong. It's always the hand, right? It's the thumb, it's the hand, it's the wrist, because he's, he's, he's he really... He was bringing the ball up left-handed, if you notice that. Yeah, I did notice that a little bit, yeah. He's always so active with his hands, he's prone to hand injury. So are you asking me if I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to worry about it. Yeah, I'm going to be concerned about it, because that is a thing with Chris. It's always a thing with Chris. With the hand. Now, I'll tell you what makes me feel a little bit better about it. And I heard Bickley's blast this morning on the Bickley and Murata show. Man, you can make an argument that they're better off with Devin Booker being the primary point guard for this team and not Chris Paul. Just for the pace that they play, with the way he broke down the defense, or the way he got the ball where it needed to be. And I'm kind of paraphrasing some of the stuff that Bickley was talking about. But you, I know Chris is the pure point guard. Boy, was Devin Booker awfully good at it last night, wasn't he? He was. I mean, he was. He was. I'm going to stick with my initial thought. They need Chris Paul if they're going to win a championship. Okay. They need him. They need him to play well. They need his They need his 
basketball IQ, his decision making. They need his ability to do what he does. So I hit mid range shots, make the right pass. I still think they need him. Like if Chris Paul, okay, Chris, say say the hand was no good and he's out. I don't think they can win. I don't think they can win. You may say, but Booker can like I get it. Booker can handle the point for sure. But Booker is prone to turnovers as oh, a point guard. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, he's prone no doubt. to turnovers and lazy passes yeah. that Chris doesn't make. There's no there's no doubt. And I'm not I'm not saying that they could win it if Chris Paul got hurt. And I hope I don't want him to be hurt because he he adds more than he subtracts at the end of the day. Okay, so I'm I'm not saying that they'd be better off if Chris were just hurt and Devin Booker could be point book all the rest of the playoffs. I'm just saying that when the two of them are on the floor. If you're going to tell me which point guard, quote unquote, plays at the pace that I think accentuates the Suns a little bit better, it's book. I think it's book. Yeah, I, I think there's just a little bit of a quicker kind of let's go, let's go, let's go kind of thing than there is with Chris. And and that doesn't mean Chris can't contribute and Chris can't do his thing and Chris can't run his two man game with DeAndre because that bailed him out in the the late fourth quarter of that game. But there is last night it was a real heavy dose of point book and it looked good. It looked really really. The more good. ball handlers you have on the court, the better off you are. Durant yeah. can handle the ball. Booker can handle the ball. Chris can handle the ball. You when you've got multiple guys that can handle a ball. It really helps you when teams double and you've got to throw you you got to you know move the ball around and get them in rotation. But you're not wrong. I Chris had a great game last night. It was a reaffirming game for Chris last night. It was a reminder, hey, I know I was 2 for 8 in game 1 and I know I was missing all those middies. You know what? I'm still the point god. I have checked in. I, I have the point god entered the chat last night and it was good to see him. Here's something else I really love. Going back to the Scott Foster thing, and I and you're right. I don't want to make a big deal of the Scott Foster thing because it wasn't a big deal to you and me. I like you and I talked about this yesterday. It's like, come on, guys, it's a coincidence. Move on. Talking about officiating, I did love this comment from Devin Booker and Chris Paul after the game, and I think you know which one I'm talking about. That's an emphasis going on the whole playoffs. You know what I mean? Minimize distractions. You know, we know what it looked like sometimes during the regular season with techs and this, that, and the, the third. Um, we're trying to control what we can control, you know what I mean, and just trying to, you know, stay present and focus. It's mostly us two, so we got to hold each other accountable with it. Straight up. God, that was music it's mostly to my us ears. Too. It's mostly the two of us. It's Devin Booker sitting next to Chris Paul. It's mostly the two of us. We're the ones jaunt the refs. We're the ones who lose our composure. We're the ones who obsess about it. It's, it's us two, and we got to hold each other accountable. We got to keep you like 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 a husband and wife dieting in the house at the same time, right? It's always easier. We, you don't know this, but I do. When your when your spouse is going through the weight loss program with you, it's a lot easier for the two of you to hold each other accountable because you're both sharing the same house and eating the same food. Same thing with Book and Paul and the referees, man. You're just as bad about it as I am. Let's keep each other in check when loved it comes it. to the. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. It was exactly self-awareness. What I here. Oh my God! Yes. Self-awareness. Look in the mirror and know yourself, right? And do yeah. something about it's it. It's mostly us I too. Loved it. I me too. Um, not to say that this is ever going to happen again, because look, we got on book after game one for one play in particular. He was arguing with the referee before the ball was even out of balance, and Russell Westbrook threw it off of him. Now, I'm not saying he would have been able to avoid it, but maybe he could have tried Damn. if he would have been paying attention to where the ball is and not looking at referee while the ball's not even out of balance yet. You know, maybe he could have done something. We'll never know. 
But the fact that he was arguing, we got on him. Like, you can't be arguing with the referee while the play's not dead yet. Come on. We know there's going to be a game five, and you can score the hottest ticket in town. That's Suns playoff tickets. Text the word ticket to 620-620. Register. Listen for your name on Monday and Tuesday during the 7 a.m., 12 p.m., 5 p.m. hours. It's your chance to qualify for game five tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers. Again, text the word ticket to 620-620. We would love to see you in the building for Game 5. When we come back, we're at the turn. 4 o'clock reset time. We'll get you caught up on everything going on in sports. 4 o'clock reset is next.